0: Welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Each week these idiots bear cocktails with comic books. You can find the cocktails, drinking game rules, and playlists on the blog at funnybooksandfirewater.com. Follow at funnybooksandfirewater.com, you can also find a drinking game rule to play while you listen to each episode. You can follow us at FirewaterCast on Twitter and Funny Books and Firewater on Facebook and Instagram. This is episode 165, Moonstruck, part of Pride 3, Kissing in a Tree.
1: I mean, it is Pride Month. We have to have a conversation about Cher, don't we?
2: Actually, I do have one I can give. So there's that new uh, Cher musical on Broadway.
1: You have a friend in that.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, who are they playing? They're in chorus as far as I'm aware. Okay. Well, the interesting thing was... Is uh, of course Eddie downloaded the soundtrack right away, and what's fun is like I can't remember if it's middle aged or older, Cher, but she was the same alphabet that we saw in at, in LA back like in 2008, I want to say. Oh, really? Yeah, she was the, uh, oh, she was the it, uh, huh? Is it Teal? Yeah, Teal Wicks. Yeah, I know Teal as well. I remember we her. talked about this, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I uh, apparently I know two people on that show. No, uh, Teal is not the one I was thinking of who's on the show, uh, my friend uh, Tiana who. Um, I worked with out here in California. She left the show that I'm on right now, mm-hmm. uh, to go do the share show.
2: Yeah. So, well, it's kind of funny because Teal Wicks was the understudy when Cassie Levy was what was the Alphaba. And yeah. then she came on stage instead of her because whatever reason. And then like a month later, she left to go become Alphaba on Broadway. So, yeah.
1: Well, cause I, I had worked with her in that interim where she'd come back from tour and then, um, she was doing, uh, we were doing 1776. I'd worked with her before doing Pippin and we were doing 1776 together. And then she, I left 1776 and then she left 1776 to go do, uh, Elphaba on Broadway. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. So it was like, like there was this weird time frame where we were both working on the same show, but like she, neither of us finished that, that show, uh, hmm. which is interesting. But yeah, she just couldn't go on without me. And so I had to run away to New York to become alpha It was go. yeah.
2: Just couldn't if handle that
1: were, If only that were true, because Teal's gorgeous, but that's a totally different issue. And very fun. She's like this kind of crazy hippie chick. You would not expect her to be as hippie as she is, but she's
2: Well, I mean just from what you've said and also interviews with her, she seems like just the most the nicest, coolest person. She is super cool. She's really nice and very cool. Um so there was a scene when we were
1: doing Pippin where her and this guy named Joshua Park, who's playing Pippin? would be underneath the sheets, and they would basically just be kicking it up, uh, the sheets up and down while there's, like, this interpretive dance of sex in front of them. Which was oh, yeah, this, this is
2: the story you told me, yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know if I told it on air, but I told you. Yeah. But I would listen to them their microphones every once in a while, and they would, like, they'd have, like, they're supposed to be, quote-unquote, having sex and uh you would hear uh like you'd hear them like having farting contests or um like talk about where they're going to go for lunch or i mean whatever it was just it was the weirdest conversations ever it was like my f- favorite part of the show was listening on their microphones when they were uh, like underneath the blankets on the middle of the stage you know just chatting away it was very entertaining anyway there you go there's a useless broadway fact for the day i think there's a drinking game rule in there somewhere william i think i'm you're supposed to drink every time i talk about theater so uh there yeah. you go. <coughs> enjoy uh, cool, hey and welcome to episode 165 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast uh, This week we're continuing our Pride Month with Moonstruck by Grace Ellis And is that is that, is that, is that an H? Shea, Bagel, Beagle?
2: Shea Beagle? Beagle? Shea Beagle,
1: yeah Yeah, Shea Beagle, okay Grace Ellis of uh, Lumberjanes fame, uh, which is where I know her work uh, beforehand. Uh, Shea Beagle, I'm not completely familiar with, but I believe she's a relative newcomer. Uh, anyway, we have nearly a full group with us today. We will start with Mr. Pride himself, Adam.
2: Hey, Hi, Adam. hey everyone! Yeah, actually, uh, as we record this, it's three or four now, four days after uh, Salt Lake Pride, and you know, as the other panelists know, they saw the picture of what I was wearing. At yes. Pride. It yeah. was actually, it went extremely well. I mean, we were we we're both kind of nervous about it, but then we said, fuck it, let's do it. And then it was just felt really comfortable. I mean, we had, I had more lesbians cat call me than anyone else. Nice. Um, but no, it was a blast. Tons of people wanted to take pictures with us. For the most part, everyone was pretty respectful about not touching when you're not. It's it's like it's cosplay, guys. Don't touch unless you're, you know, you're given permission, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But no, it was a lot of fun. We didn't get that sunburned, which I thought we were going to.
1: That was my bigger concern, to be honest with you. I was worried about you getting sunburned.
2: Yeah. Well, as as Clark has said, these thighs have never seen the light of day. So uh, no, we just put on sunscreen and then got home. felt a little bit hot, and that was about it. And but yeah, it was it was a big self confidence boost. It was a lot of fun and. It was just a really good experience. So now we're trying to see what we can do next year. So I- I'm awesome. saying I'm saying jock straps, but Clark doesn't seem down with that. So,
1: well, wearing a strap to next year's pride, we have Mister Jason.
3: <laughs> <laughs> How do you know my costume already? <laughs> uh, I'm Just tell. So hi, I'm an unemployed writer in Los Angeles, and here is your weekly WGA update. Uh, nothing that big out of Hollywood this week. The WGA and ATA are still scheduled to resume the nego- their negotiations for a new franchise agreement tomorrow. In the meantime, the CAA issued their response to one of the lawsuits against them by writers and former clients, and the WGA received a letter of support from six California state legislators. Other than that, it's been all quiet on the restaurant front. Okay, back to you, Brian. Yeah.
1: thanks, Jason. <laughs> uh and now for sports we go to
4: todd hey todd (laughs) hey so the raptors haven't won it all yet but they will so i'm todd i'm here in salt lake and you can find me on this podcast uh that's about what we're up to at this time isn't that right brian uh
1: yeah (laughs) i'm sorry there we are
4: it's not just you
1: yeah we're all flaky we all all we all sink that ship together a Little bit, a little bit. My little spawn
4: turned half a year yesterday, which is still wow. out. yeah,
1: yeah, that's awesome. So
4: that's what's new in Happy my world. Happy birthday, and then are, I heard yeah. Watchtower Cafe is getting Happy
1: ready to buy new
4: digs.
2: Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah actually, it was, it was really cool. They uh, it was something to do with the landlord and the condition of the building, but basically, they needed I think thirty thousand dollars to do this move, and they uh, for the first like three weeks of the campaign, maybe had a thousand dollars. And then Geek Show kind of started promoting them in the last couple of weeks, and they went from like $1,000 to like $31,000 in like a week and a half. Oh, wow. So, yeah.
1: Awesome. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, uh, and always first in our hearts, we have Lena. Hi, Lena.
5: Hi. Uh, I'm an event manager out of the Connecticut, New York area. Hopefully, more New York than Connecticut very soon. Huh. And that's pretty much it right now, guys. I got nothing else going on other than this. <laughs>
1: So whoa. I keep seeing updates for the uh, New York Comic Con, and I'm like starting to get really tempted because I'm like, I have a place I could crash out there now.
5: You do have a place that you could crash, and it's well, it won't be in the city, but it'll be very, very close to the city. I'm
1: fine with that. That doesn't bother me in the least. Mm-hmm. I might, I might give it more thought. Also, I keep getting updates for LA Comic Con, Jason. If we want to go back to that, <laughs> uh, that one wasn't nearly as fun. WonderCon so far has been one of my favorites. Besides Fan I, I would like—I really like WonderCon. Hmm. Um, yeah, I like that it, too. Not to say anything bad about LA Comic Con, as to quote uh, the sometimes reviled, sometimes loved Big Bang Theory. Uh, let's see, what is it? Comic cons are like pizza—even the stinky ones are still pretty good. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Let's see. Uh, Oh, hi, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based in Southern California. Uh, By the time you hear this, I'm currently in Utah, probably slaving away, trying to get uh, shows up and running, because I'm feeling way behind on all of those. Uh, Hopefully, I'm caught up by this point in time, and uh, I will be entering in my third semester of grad school at uh, the University of Denver. Hooray for me. Uh, Yeah, and haven't flunked out yet. Hooray! With, you know, (laughs) a full-time job and a podcast and... and, uh, uh, an attempt at a social life, I uh, I still haven't flunked out. So uh, I'm pretty darn proud of that. Um, Moonstruck is a book about uh, magical creatures who uh, work at a coffee shop and have relatively everyday lives until strength, strange things become afoot. Todd, what would you call the myification for this book?
4: The myification for this book is, um, it's like central perk for weirdos, not weirdos, central perk f- For the others, maybe?
1: Well, the back of the book says fantasy, humor, romance. Yeah. Um, Okay. But, uh, yeah, also your uh, explanation ties into almost everything that I did. I I took a Todd route this week, and I did themes on everything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if anybody caught that or not, but uh, Todd loves to theme his drinking games with his uh, rules with his cocktail. And I did the same. But before we get into that, let's get into votes as to whether or not we believe it is worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time, money, and effort to hunt this book down and give it a read. What is your vote, Lena? Uh, yeah. Okay, Mr. Todd. Okay, Mr. Jason. I'm a meh as well. I'm a meh as well. Mr. Adam.
2: Okay. But there is a a caveat to that, and I'll talk about it later, because I think we're the wrong target audience for this book.
5: We are the wrong target audience for this
2: book. (laughs) Uh, We're a bunch of cynical bastards, and this is for, like, teenagers. (laughs) uh, I think it's even for younger than teenagers, to be
1: quite honest with you. But, uh, yeah. And that being said, I didn't hate this book, but um, I had a little more hope going into this based on who the author is. I'm a really big fan of Lumberjanes. Um, I would say if you're... If you're over 18, just go read Lumberjanes instead. Or if you're under 18, go read Lumberjanes, regardless. It's actually really good for all ages, but uh, it's a better read than this book is, unfortunately. Uh, Cool. Well, then it sounds like we're all going to need a drink today. So let's uh, have a (laughs) drinking games. Um, I will start with mine. Uh, Mine is called Caffeine. Uh, Every time uh, they mention coffee, take a drink. Uh, Mr. Jason, what is your drinking game rule?
3: Mine is called May the Puns Be With You. Whenever someone says a pun or one is, for example, written on someone's shirt, take a drink.
1: Which obviously had to be your favorite part of this book. Yes. Yeah, I, I assumed so. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Lena.
5: Signs, signs, everywhere signs. When, and I can't remember what her name is. Cass. Cass, thank you. Um, has a vision, Drink.
1: Okay, Mr. Adam.
2: Uh, Mine is called You Racist Bastard. Uh, Every time someone says something offensive about werewolves. Uh, We're werewolves, not swearwolves. Mr. Todd.
4: It's all about that booty. Every time the guy brings up that he's missing his butt, take a drink.
1: Spoiler alert. Uh, Sort of. Not really. (laughs) Cool. Uh, So then, of course, we have drinking game rules. We have some votes. Eh. Um, And uh, we need songs to put on in the background as you read this book. Uh, Lena, what is your song?
5: Can't Rock My Dream Face by Humphrey's McGee. So
1: I read that when you sent that in, and I thought... I have no idea who that is. You could be just making shit up right now, and I would have to believe you.
5: (laughs) No. So, um, McGee is a, if you like jam rock bands, you'll like them. If you don't like jam rock bands, you'll still like them. They're very good. Um, but they came out with a, an album a couple years ago called Zonky, which is they took, um, they did like mashups of songs. Uh And this one is, um, don't stop. Uh, uh, what was it? Rock rock Your Body. Um, can't Feel My Face. And um, Dreams. <laughs> All rolled into one song. It's amazing.
1: I'm looking this up to see if it really exists or if you're making shit up.
5: It does exist.
1: <laughs> I'm just making sure. Let's see. Zonky.
5: Zonky, yeah.
1: Okay, well, according to Spotify, it's a real thing. So uh, we'll let you off the hook this time.
5: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs>
1: Speaking of hipster tunes, I've never heard of. Mr. Jason, what's your song for the playlist?
3: That's one you've, you've definitely heard of. It's uh, "Do You Believe in Magic" by the Love and Spoonful.
1: Oh, okay. Which yeah. I love is one of the dirtiest band names ever, for, um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and no one knows what it means. But uh, yeah, what does that mean Brian? A love and Spoonful is uh, a is sort of the uh, assumption of a. Of the output of a male uh what, ejaculate. ejaculate, basically is about how <laughs> there much you
5: go. I was waiting to see how you were gonna make that super PC there, Brian.
1: <laughs> we don't necessarily worry about being super PC on here. I just started down that path and I was like, Okay, well let's see uh let's see if I can do this. Um, it's the Mormon in you. It is the Mormon in me.
2: Well, but yeah, we're and we're so ladylike and Christian like on this podcast Speak
1: for yourself, Adam.
2: That's Mr. Come Dumpster, yes. Used.
1: Speaking of come dumpsters oh. and the love and spoonful, Mr. Adam. What is your song for the playlist?
2: How do you know what I was doing before this podcast? Uh, no, it's uh, Bad Moon Rising by Creedence Clearwater Revival.
1: So there's a thing about that song. I always thought that the person who wrote that song, when I, I used mis- heard the lyrics when I was a kid. And I always thought the lyrics were, there is a bathroom on the right. And I thought it was someone who was working somewhere <clears> writing a song and kept getting asked where the bathroom was. And that's what they just kept saying. So it ended up in the song. Because I literally did not realize it was the lyric was, there's a bad moon on the rise. Anyway. I thought that was funnier than anybody else on this podcast did, but okay. You're special, now. I know. Thanks. Let's see, Mr. Todd's yeah. grayed out. Oh, okay, well, now I can hear you again.
4: Yeah, it's "Bark of the Moon" by Ozzy Osbourne. Nice. A little on the nose, but a little on it's the nose.
1: And of course, speaking of all the coffee shops and whatnot, uh, and Central Perk in general, mine is I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts, also known as the theme song to Friends. Uh, So (laughs) there you go. Then of course, we do as we do every week, we go into cocktails. Uh, Let's start out with uh, Mr. Todd, what's your cocktail for this week?
4: Mine is a uh, Kahlua soda, coffee soda. So it's one shot of espresso, one and a half ounces of Kahlua, two dashes of bitters, splash of soda water and a quarter cup of half and half cream and a cup of ice so you want to put the espresso over ice pour the kalua add bitters and a splash of soda on top and then
1: just top that off with cream and enjoy okay actually sounds really pretty good uh, mine is also a coffee drink mine is an irish coffee uh it's one tablespoon of sugar one and a half ounces of whiskey six ounces of hot coffee Uh, One teaspoon of white sugar or more to taste, and one uh, one fourth cup of whipped cream. Uh, Basically, you rim the glass with the sugar, um, and then you pour in the Irish coffee, and then uh, you top off with sugar and stir stir with, and uh, then top off with whipped cream, if you would so desire. Uh, Mr. Adam, what is your cocktail for this week?
2: Uh, So mine is the Mayan mocha, and actually there is a a typo, it was autocorrect, Uh, you don't add an ounce of khakis, you add an ounce of Kahlua. Ooh, an ounce Uh, of khakis. uh, Uh, So it's one ounce of vodka One ounce of Kahlua One ounce of chocolate liqueur Uh, You put that in a mixing cup, you stir it together Probably like a foam cup or coffee mug Uh, And then you add a dash of cayenne Uh, If you want a little bit more to make it spicier Up to you And then you fill it with six ounces of hot coffee And you stir Ms. Elena, what is your cocktail for this week? Uh,
5: Talking Monkey It's Mm -hmm. one ounce of chocolate vodka a dash of and it literally is a dash of espresso vodka one ounce of banana liqueur a dash of coffee liqueur and one ounce of cream um, and a cocktail shaker filled with crushed ice pour the vodkas banana coffee liqueurs and cream let stand for five minutes sorry five minutes five seconds Then you shake vigorously, strain into a chilled cocktail glass and enjoy.
1: You're new, so I'll let you get away with it. But here we say shake the shit out of it. That's the proper term. (laughs)
3: Pardon
1: me. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Jason, what's your cocktail for this week?
3: So I am uh, reusing one that I used in a previous episode from I think Joyride. Okay, uh, but instead of the
5: single version, be allowed. I'm that's just fine, saying. that's fine.
3: Um, You're new here, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to do the eight servings uh, version. So it's called Dark Moon. You take uh, one and a half cups of cold brew coffee, half a cup of coffee liqueur, half a cup spiced rum, one 12-ounce bottle of uh, dark dark uh, Coca-Cola or Mexican Coca-Cola used uh, uh, with real cane sugar, and uh, half a cup of heavy cream. So ahead of time, you want to combine the cold brew, coffee liqueur, and rum in a large pitcher. Stir gently, then cover and refrigerate for about four hours. And then when you're ready to drink, you add the cola to the pitcher and stir again. Divide the drink evenly among rocks, glasses filled with ice, add cream evenly to each glass and or however much you like, and then stir your ingredients all around for some very pretty swirls, and then drink to enjoy.
1: Well, that is a very complicated beverage. It's
3: it, hey, Jason, yes.
5: have you drank this? Have no. you had this? No. No. Oh. It sounds, sounds interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Sounds very complicated as well, but yes, it does sound very tasty. Uh, Okay, cool. It sounds like one of those great drinks to have somebody else make for you.
3: Yes. Yeah. Which is why it comes in eight servings.
1: Oh, okay. So, uh, does anybody else have any final warnings before we go into uh, this uh, break?
2: Um, Again, just that, you know, this is meant for younger people. Uh, So, if you're over the age of 20, it probably won't resonate with you as much as it would with someone who watches Steven universe, which is what the art in this book reminds me of. Ah, Okay. Mm,
1: Yeah. And, uh, really there's nothing offensive in this book. Uh, so like, there's no warning. Are oh, you kidding? kidding? It's got them gays. Well, <laughs> aside from that, but this is pride month. So, you know, you're going to have to get used to that one. That'll pretty much do that. Uh, so ironically enough, because it is pride month, uh, you're now going to hear an ad from our sister podcast, our sister fucker podcast. What is, what, what, what do we call it? Uh, cinema Queens,
2: um, sister fuckers. Sister fuckers. Yeah. That yeah.
1: So our sister fucker podcast cinema Queens, you will hear an ad from them and then we'll be back, uh, to spoil the living shit out of it so we'll see you in a minute
5: you in a minute brian you always say see you on the flip oh, side
0: what's wrong with you i apologize while we take a break here is a message from one of our fellow hello sweetie network podcasts hey,
4: hey there are you queer or some variation of it well, I'm Chris, and this is my co-host, Adam. And, and welcome to Cinema, cinema queens, queens,
2: where we talk about
4: queer cinema. Each week, we watch beloved queer classics, discuss them, review them, and
2: cover a whole cluster of topics from our favorite scenes, what they mean to us, how it relates to our current world, and the best part, the cherry on top of the Sunday happens to be... Gay rant! So prepare your air holes! Hey, listen to us queens talk cinema. New episodes drop every Monday on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Bye-bye! Bye.
1: I don't, there's not a whole lot of plot to cover on this, really. No, Basically, I, you,
3: I did write down a summary if you want to do one or if we want to just sort of just start talking about it.
1: I feel like just jumping on the conversation is fine. The only thing I will say is the basic plot of this is is it's a bunch of friends in a coffee shop. Um, the female lead, I, I don't remember any of their names. Julie. Julie mm-hmm. is, uh, she's in the beginning of a budding romance with... Uh, Selena. Uh, Selena. who uh, You don't meet Selena really till the second book. Uh, her... Um, her best friend at the coffee shop is a centaur. Chet. Uh, Chet. Yep. Uh, he tags along on one of their dates. Uh, they go they, see a magician.
3: He, he goes by they. Them. Probably they. Yeah.
1: They. Them. Okay. Yeah, oh, sorry. A, I because
2: they're genderqueer. I think. Yeah, okay.
1: Non-binary or something. I apologize. Sorry. Shame uh, on you. So, <laughs> I I apologize. Uh, so
0: <laughs> that's not enough. They, <laughs> not
1: <laughs> uh It is a fictional character. I hope that they forgive me. Hey you uh, gotcha they <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> i feel them break <laughs>
1: it reminds me of that um it's on. Uh, oh, who, what is it? Oh, it's at the end of uh, Mallrats, where every mm-hmm. time one of the characters says something, uh, Brody just like says, "Oh, did you hear that? This guy's a whatever." Like, it, like basically just takes anything he says and twists it on its ear and makes it like horrible. I was having that moment for a second, be like, "I just, I cannot fucking win." So anyway, <laughs> they tag along on a date. They go to see a magician. Uh, the magician ends up taking their legs, uh, their centaur legs. They go looking for the centaur legs. Uh, eventually, they, they've. Hunt down and find the magician again, and uh, and happiness is restored back to the realm. And I, the Dues Machina at the end of it, I didn't quite understand what was going on there, other than her turning into a werewolf. Selena turns into a werewolf, and she attacks the wolf of, in some way. I, I didn't. And then it's like Scooby
2: Doo, and you find out yeah. that it was all mean old Mister O'Reilly at the end, or something like that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, something bizarre. Like I.
3: It was wrapped up in one single page, which was weird, and didn't make any sense no. to me
1: either. No, like, it doesn't okay. make any sense and, at and, all.
3: And the the joint um, or the dual storylines with the mm-hmm. uh, sister babysitting club or whatever, yeah, uh, yeah did not connect because it was trying to say that because uh, in the. Dual sister babysitter storyline thing uh, said that one of the girls hid the dog herself so that she could be the hero in the end, but that's not that's not at all what happened in the actual storyline with Julie and Chet and Selena. Yeah, Um, so just it didn't make sense. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. So I'm not the only one who like was like, "What the fuck is going on here at the end of this?" Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, it could be we would know more about. The story within the story, but the um, was the Selena ripped the book in half? So as you can see, on that one page where it's like showing what's happening in real life and then showing what's happening in the book, the pieces are mm-hmm. missing. It's like a half of the page is gone. So, mm-hmm. I'm just making stuff up, but I know it's probably not bad So
3: <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to get
2: credit for something it doesn't deserve. So.
3: It's a good attempt. It's a good attempt. Pay <laughs> yeah, like, for
2: effort. Yes,
1: it's just. I mean, here's the thing. I liked the art in it I thought the mm-hmm. art was fun um, and like there's a cool Medusa character uh, there's a vamp- couple vampires in there like it has some fun mythical creatures sort of hanging out at a coffee shop but I felt like the fact that they were mythical didn't really have much to do with anything um, I did like uh, when Chet lost their legs uh, that they mm-hmm. were upset about them being a monster is that right them?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sorry I'm trying to, there, I'm it, trying be, to it, the
1: there be
2: mon- they're being a monster okay because being
1: yeah, there. They, yeah, mm-hmm. that the, the they are now a monster, um, and so like, which I thought was funny. Like, I liked that little section of it, and I liked, I mean, it had like sort of a nice little sweet message about being true to yourself, and like you know, like um, embracing your weirdness and and your personal magic. And I mean, I get, I kind of get that stuff.
2: Uh, oh, I have a good modification for this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Queer fables for tweens.
1: Okay. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. That might be giving it yep. more credit than it deserves. There um, you
2: go. <laughs> well, no, the whole time the whole time I was reading this, I really felt like I was reading a, a kid's version of fables. That's just, yeah. that popped in my mind every other page. So
1: okay, I can kind of see that where there's like the sort of mythical creature kind of aspect to it, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, what are other people's thoughts on this? So
3: I I liked it for the first three and a half issues, and it mm-hmm. seemed it was really sweet. Um, there were it was cute, fun, lighthearted. But then when Selena just gets angry and impatient with Julie, it just felt like it came out of left field and kind of ruined um, the, the characters that it had built because it, it, I didn't feel like it needed that sort of uh, interpersonal conflict between them because um, you already had this just very basic generic story where a magician steals um, uh, Chet's centaur legs and to introduce... Um, Julie and Selena's conflict kind just felt uh, like a, a hat on a hat because you already had Julie uh, also being insecure and not feeling brave enough or feeling ashamed for being a werewolf, mm-hmm. um, and it just it it felt like too much to have uh, Selena get mad at her and then to resolve it at the very end. It also um,
1: felt like it was a little yeah. out of the blue, and it was like they were just first dating; they should still be in sort of like the uh, rom- romance period. Um, like, I don't, yeah, it just. Yeah, it, I don't know, it, and it, it just yeah. Well, yeah sorry, Lana, go ahead.
5: The issue that I had with with this was um, Julie being really self conscious about being a werewolf, but there you're right. There's like a Medusa character who's got snakes as hair, and you know a bat vampire. Like everyone has something, so it just seems so strange that she feels self conscious about also being. A mythical creature so it was just mm-hmm. weird and i was like i feel like i'm missing something when yeah. i was reading it and i was like i feel like i'm not getting the what she's trying to get at with the self-conscious piece of it yeah um, I, I
2: can speak to that actually <laughs> okay i'm I, I thought it was you know first of all she you know, she's this werewolf second of all she's a lesbian um and the whole feeling self-conscious and unsure of yourself um especially when you first come out mm-hmm. is a huge and also you know, with her being a werewolf, she's constantly trying to hide it. She doesn't want to let other people see what she is. And again, if you're in the closet or you're on people you're not comfortable with being LGBTQ plus everything else, that is a big deal. Because, I mean, dude, I was so I was raised really religious. And, you know, back when, um, you know, people were advocating against same sex marriage in the 90s in California, like I voted for that bill, even back then, knowing I was gay. And knowing that one day I'd probably want a husband, but I was so afraid that someone would find out that, oh, he voted this way or, hey, he might be gay, that I was exerting internalized homophobia. So for me, actually, I did like that part because that's what spoke to me. But again, that's from just my own personal experiences. So,
0: okay.
5: No, that's, it's nice to hear. Cause when I was reading it, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm missing something and I am a cis white, you know, yeah. <laughs> straight girl. So it's, it, for me, like I, I do have insecurities, but it just, I could not figure out where the, like her being upset about other things made sense to me. Like her feeling insecure about stuff, made sense but just the the fact that she was so worried about the like where just that one piece just I just could not I was like I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like I'm definitely not the target audience for this um for this book. Anybody
1: else have any other thoughts?
2: I don't think Todd's given his thoughts because he was being quiet. That's true. Todd, do you have any thoughts?
1: I was being quiet.
4: Well, you know, I think the writing for this was really the weakest part. There was quite a bit of world building going on and it seemed to be biting too big of a chunk of apple because it really, the first part was really good as um, Jason was saying but then it kind of fells apart trying to do too many things at once so what really for me the best part of all of this has to be the artwork because it has kind of like this My Little Pony Mm -hmm. kind of vibe but it's still, I won't say it's sweeter than that but it's 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 just really adorable Mm -hmm. as you watch everything else and as much as anything, adorable is a great term for this book as you're watching all of it and i really enjoyed the sweet little moments of do i hold her hand do i nod and you've got the feelings of that going on there was Mm -hmm. a panel of that and then you have people freaking out about missing their butt or i've got my booty back and it was just you know there there were some real moments of authenticity that came through and so there were some good moments but it really kind of fell apart in the third act for me and I'm just, yeah, that was the challenge as much as anything. And with the Scooby-Doo ending, it kind of felt transplanted on, going, oh, we've got to finish this now. We've got, I was going to do another issue, but we're just doing five. It's kind of what it felt like.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, it, it did, I mean, they sort of, actually, no, because even then in the other book, it sort of, it wasn't set up to be that way. Like, I, they may have thought about doing it as a Scooby-Doo ending the entire way, but like, it still didn't quite make sense. Sure, but. What but even
5: as a Scooby-Doo ending, they never actually said who he was or what he was trying to accomplish. Like, yeah, it was just weird. That's
1: true. So mm-hmm. when you're saying that a Scooby-Doo episode has better writing than this, then there might be a problem, is what we like. <laughs> And you and you know those Ooh. fuckers were high when they wrote that.
4: So
3: <laughs>
1: that's probably true.
3: They were having good I, times. I, I will say for the first three and a half issues, because it really does fall apart for me when uh, Selena just gets angry at Julie. I really did like that. Selena was uh, immediately uh, understanding and kind towards Julie and her insecurities and even immediately adopted Chet's pronoun use. And she even used, and one, this is one of my phrases that I uh, tend to use a lot with with just about everyone, especially uh, women in my life. And she says to Julie, you don't have anything to apologize for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good uh, thing to, to acknowledge is that there are often people who feel insecure or don't feel like they um, have the right to exist in the space, the space in which they do and they feel they need to apologize for just about everything and they don't have to
1: which sort of reminds me of a useless fact i learned the other day um in canada mm. it's so common for people to say i'm yeah. sorry that they actually had to pass a law to say that saying i'm sorry is not an admission of guilt i love that yeah which i thought was pretty interesting so anyway yeah
4: they're looking to pass that same law in utah are they really the so organizations can say they're sorry without
1: any culpability yeah. oh oh so it's not for actual people it's for corporations
2: it <sighs> just makes yes. you think That's of the, episode of, does it. the yeah. episode of south park with the british petroleum i'm sorry sorry
5: i remember sorry. that episode
2: yeah it was the uh the cthulhu <laughs> one because all the offshore offshore oil drilling woke cthulhu
1: the guy who cuts my hair puts on a, a TV in front of me and like mm-hmm. puts on like South Park or Family Guy episodes, so I get to watch cartoons while I get my haircut. Which is probably why I keep going <coughs> back to him. Not that he doesn't do a good haircut. Like I do, it does give me a great haircut. But half the joy is yeah. being able to sit there and watch cartoons for an hour. So uh. while I get beautiful, um, and
4: you know he must love that shit because if it's on all day every day.
2: Oh yeah. So totally. random thing I just saw. this mm-hmm. really funny meme online uh so robert Downey jr is using his fortune to try and save the world chris evans is trying to fight nazis mark ruffalo is big on going green uh guys i think jeremy renner is gonna go kill a bunch of people
1: that could be fun though <laughs> well i'll talk about like oh i'm just saying i mean he wasn't killing people who didn't deserve it so maybe jeremy renner will go yeah, and go
5: after
2: mitch mcconnell
5: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah that'd be awesome
5: yes please <laughs> that would
1: be kind of great um okay well cool uh we obviously did not love this book very much because we were sort of avoiding talking about it, which is kind of fun. Anybody else have any fun subjects? It's
5: not that I, I... mean, the book itself isn't bad. I do agree with Adam that we're not the target audience. I think that if you're in your, like, just hitting that just before tween, tween age, mm-hmm. that you, you probably would really like it. If you have kids that... Like comic books that this wouldn't be a bad one for them to read Um, because it it really isn't meant for people in their 30s to be reading. It's really meant for people in their teens and tweens to be reading Um, where it has Mm -hmm. that like you get that insecurity and and it's that, you know, first meeting someone and you. everyone's super you know goofy and and um and everything. so I thought it was cute. I mean, obviously I knew that it wasn't meant for me because I like, okay, it's not meant for me, but I didn't think it was terrible. I did read reviews after I read it because I was like, is it just me? And a lot of people on like Goodreads made the same kind of um mm-hmm. reviews on the book that they liked the overall premise and the art was very pretty. Mm -hmm. Everyone hated the ending. Yeah. So, but then at the end, Mm, Chet even makes a comment of like, to be continued. And I was like, I don't want to read another book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know.
2: Actually, that kind of sums up how I feel. I don't want to read any more of these books either. So, <laughs> well, that seems like a
1: good point to go into uh, final grades. Uh, so, for self-contained, um, ironically because we're just talking about this, uh, yeah. What is your grade, Lena?
5: I want. I'm. i I put B because I think it's they, I mean, I hope that it is self-contained because like, this is really the end of it and the, the next volume is something totally different because if you're going to end it the way that they did, I really hope that there isn't like you had to read the next book for it to make sense.
1: <laughs> so, B. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Jason. Uh,
5: it's a B minus
3: and it is self-contained, but the ending just kind of falls
2: flat on its face. Uh, Adam. Uh, so I just looked it up and... The the next book does have the same characters, so Julie is um, doing new stuff. Blah blah. blah. Um, I'm going to give it a B just because the the story was wrapped up as unsatisfying as it was. Uh, but it was, you know, I, I don't need to read more. And honestly, I got as much of the story as was needed. And I'm guessing that the next arc will just be new adventures. So, uh, Mr. Todd,
4: you know, I give it a B as well for self-contained for stated okay. reasons
1: cool. And I will probably stick with a C. Um, it was wrapped up. It sort of led into something else, but you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't care to read anything else. Uh, so for writing for grace Ellis, that's Right. Right. <coughs> Yes. Hey, I did that one off of memory. I'm proud of myself. Um, So, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Adam?
2: Uh, So, I'm going to go with a C. Uh, Again, that's kind of going back to what uh, Jason said, was that I actually did enjoy it for the first couple of issues, and then two and a half, three in is when it kind of just started going weird, the Deus Ex Machina ending that made no sense, the little storybook pages that were plastered throughout, uh, the Scooby-Doo ending, and... It just, it didn't hit with me at all. I just, after that first couple of issues, I was, it's a quick read. So it wasn't like it took me that much longer to finish it. Uh, but as I said at the beginning, as Lena reinforced, you know, we're not the target audience. And I'm sure if I was like 11 or 12 or 13, I would enjoy the writing a lot more because I feel that's the age that this is like aimed at. So mm-hmm. not the fault of this much of the writers, just like so, we're the wrong demographic.
4: You know, we make that statement, but yet we so thoroughly enjoyed like Lubber James, which we're also. That's true. As, um, that is true. The, I think with great writing it is great mm-hmm. writing, and say I'm not the target audience, but Lumberjanes is great.
2: Yeah, no, that's a valid this is point. just not great. And actually, and, and, and Todd, you, you do make a really good point about that because that's you know, good good writing should be universal and it should apply to uh, people of all ages. But I mm-hmm. think it also there's a big step back you have to think about is okay, so is this writer trying to write something that will appeal to all ages or are they writing something or all genders or all you know, race, whatever it is. Or are they writing something that's very specific aimed at a certain age group or demographic of the population? Because there's stuff I can go see as a queer person that will instantly hit me. Like even with Lena I was talking about she wasn't didn't like the insecurity that Julie had. And I was like, no, that spoke to me. And here's why. And I think that depending where what your final goal is with this piece of artwork, whether it's a movie, video game, magazine, whatever it is, um, you that could change the outcome and who's going to enjoy it. That said, though, I do really think it's important that people try to write for as broad a range of people as possible because there could be some 50 year old dude in the closet who reads this book and comes out because of it. You know, that's.
4: Sure. And there's often times where you'll see books rated for YA or age groups, but uh, if you look on the back of the image book, it says rated E for everyone. Mm -hmm. So, with that being said, if the book itself claims this is for everybody, then it can now be judged from a thirty-eight-year-old cis white guy.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think you're I, right. I, that works for me too. So I and I, I did like your point you made because that wasn't yeah. something I thought of. So, especially since it's the same yeah. author as Lumber James. So Lumber and, James.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it. Um, uh i'm gonna give it a c as well um I, I feel like i know this writer can do better work um and i just didn't feel like it had the universal appeal that like the lumberjanes has we had that conversation for just long enough i forgot who is voted i know todd has uh no Adam, just me.
2: i went first so it's just you and me for, uh, has, has todd for writing through? todd what, what's your grade for writing
4: cc minus i mean it started off good and it fell down pretty hard and it, the fact that it fell down as far as it did actually deserves another, you know, markdown. For
2: so like, like a drag queen in her first time on heels. Oof. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Maybe. <laughs> Dude, I saw a lot of people walking in high heels in the grass at Pride. I was impressed.
2: Well, them and, and uh, that Bryce Dallas Howard, easy. too, from Jurassic World. So,
1: <laughs> Speaking mm. of walking in heels, Mr. Jason, Thank so you. what is your grade uh, for writing?
3: Mine is a, a C+. Plus. It really does start out uh, as a very sweet, tender, uh, budding love story, but then uh, the machinations just sort of get in the way, and it uh, loses a lot of its charm, unfortunately. Ms. Elena.
5: Um, yeah, I said C plus. I for everything that everyone else has said. So yeah.
1: Um, I've gotten everybody right.
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Except for Maya, who's homophobic and doesn't want to be here. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta get that little bastard Maya. back on the show. Um
1: maybe when I'm in town we can drag him into a recording.
5: I just don't think he likes me. It's fine.
1: I don't think he's been on the show with you yet, has he? No, he hasn't.
5: No, that's that's joke. I I came joke. on the show and he hasn't been on. I just don't think Maya likes me. It's fine. It's fine. I see how it is.
1: Maya has no room to talk because he he, he covered he came in when <laughs> someone else left the show, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> anyway. Um actually he didn't cover on for a while when Jason was on the show too, wasn't it?
2: Really? I no, he's been here with you. Yeah, no, but a lot. when
1: we first started, when Jason first started doing the show, he missed a
2: bunch of episodes then too. I think, or was it yeah, Adam? There might have been uh, one or two. I don't episodes remember. It you know,
5: was, was Adam. That? It wasn't. I was in
2: Boise. I was in Boise. That's right. you were in Boise. Boise. That and I had, I had like 0.1 megabit internet. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh
4: <laughs> god. You loved it so much. Yeah, they
2: wanted me to go back to Boise, but um, th- there's a story about that off air. So then I was supposed to go back in the middle of my vacation, mm-hmm. and uh, first of all, the. the my bosses don't want me going back there for various reasons and second of all it's my fucking vacation i worked my ass off i deserve some time off but i was like shit if i have to go like so i went to my boss and i was like hey this is what's happening he's like no tell him you're not gonna go you're on pto Mm -hmm. you can go later you can go in two months to do it again i was like okay come to find out though is that everyone else who was supposed to go to boise now is going to denver so i was like i Uh I actually would have liked to have gone to denver but oh well maybe they'll send maybe they'll send me to san diego next time there you go come see you Brett. yeah you got a rental car and come see you and That'd be cool. hang out. and
1: I just got back from San Diego. I took the train down. It was great. Oh, nice. And Cat will probably be out there.
2: That's a fun little train ride. I like ride. that train ride. Yeah, Cat's leaving. I yes. should try to get over here tonight to uh, have dinner, but she said she's busy, so who knows. Okay. Um, anyway. Okay, cool. So for
1: art, for Shea Beagle, uh, what is your grade, Miss Elena?
5: I said like A minus, B plus. I thought it was cute, um, but it wasn't anything like... Groundbreaking for me. Okay, uh, Mr. Todd.
4: No, I give it a B. And the other thing I don't think we talked about—I didn't enjoy a lot of these characters were um, drawn not in necessarily peak physical form, and there was a lot of relatability to that as well. But I, all in all, I'll give the art a B. Okay,
1: um, I'm going to give the art an A minus. I thought I, like you said, it was cute. Um, and Todd, that did mention, yeah, it was kind of nice to have uh, characters who were, uh, you know. A little more like some of us, like me, like a little chubby, like a chubby little unicorn. It was sort of cute. Uh, which,
2: uh, you are sl- slim and sexy. I don't want to well, hear about it.
1: <laughs> I've gained a little weight back. I've been bad. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna jump back on keto, and I'm back in Utah. So, well, you know, I have and flow. Uh, you know, you
2: still need to come over so I can make food for you. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, it's
1: true. Speaking of me trying to lose weight, I'm gonna come over there and you <laughs> feed me. That's not gonna work out well.
2: No, I, I am very good. With, I am very, very good, good with dietary restrictions. Like we had friends over the other night, and like, hey, who has what? And like, someone was vegetarian, someone was lactose intolerant, and someone was um, couldn't do gluten. So I had to make three separate meals. So
1: I can't believe they're, in this day and age, they're still openly intolerant of lactose. That's just that's just wrong.
2: Now no, Clark is I know you're, you're so. going to get a laugh
5: out of that, but I'm not giving it. To you damn it! I'm just failing left and right today.
2: Well, okay. he he takes the lactate pills before we make anything with dairy. But we did learn that my Cajun chicken Alfredo requires two uh-huh. pills because after one with one pill, um, he was running away from the dinner table like 20 minutes in. So, wow, I can beat lactate okay. if I need to. That's <laughs> <laughs> the next Iron Chef America
1: beat lactate America.
2: I love this, I love the fact that the the main guy from Iron Chef America was the main bad guy, one of the main bad guys in John Wick Three. Oh, really? He was yeah. so good. It was, it was yeah. He's the one who like is fighting him, and then they get to the continental, and you can't do work on the continental grounds. So they're sitting there having a drink, and he just goes, "I just gotta say, man, I'm I'm like your biggest fan. Like I followed you yeah. your whole career. This <laughs> is awesome. Uh, cool. So
1: uh, for art, what is your grade, uh, Mr. Jason? Uh,
3: it's a B. It's fun. It's it's uh, very soft and cuddly and warm. Um, it has really good expressive eyes, but uh, I think as as Lena said, it just didn't. Um, do anything spectacular for
2: me.
1: Okay, Adam.
2: Uh, B plus. Uh, pretty much for all the reasons I said before. And uh, Actually, I was showing Clark the book, and that's when he's like, oh, this is like Steven Universe. And that's, again, that's kind of like the age group that this is being named at. So it's bright, colorful. I liked also the fact that these are normal-looking people. So yeah. you, know, you don't always get that in comics. And mm-hmm. Especially for one that, despite it should be for everyone, it is aimed more for kids. That's a very positive thing to show them, that you don't have to be yeah. this Adonis to be a good person or be a good-looking person.
1: For final grades, mm-hmm. what is your grade, Mr. Jason?
3: I said C plus.
1: Ms. Elena I said B minus. Mr. Todd, yeah, it's a C. Okay. Uh, Mr. Adam, uh, C plus. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to figure out the GPA. At some
2: a Duran Duran is neither a Duran nor a Duran. Yeah.
1: Discuss.
5: At
3: some point, you need to create a uh, an Excel worksheet that actually does the calculations for you.
1: You know what? That's a good point. I should.
5: You are you doing this on a calculator?
1: Uh, yeah. Stride rule. Oof. Oh,
5: my God. <laughs> Okay,
1: <laughs> An abacus. It's an abacus. That's joke I was going to make. Uh, yeah, so my abacus tells me that we have a 2.26, which is uh, just barely below a C-plus average, but sits at a C average. So, okay. So we gave it a C. That seems to be pretty consistent. There's a lot of twos on that page. Uh, next mm-hmm. week, I believe we are doing Taproot. Is that correct, Todd? <coughs> sure. And I think Todd's actually already read it.
4: Yeah, I read it earlier today as well. Um, so, Taproot's about a gardener
1: and a ghost
4: and a love that's hard to be because one's dead.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: You've okay. seen the movie. You know how that works Life. out.
1: There's no pottery. <laughs> There's no pottery? Well, I'm
2: out. <laughs> is, is there a... Okay. Is Whoopi Goldberg in it, though? Because that's what I care the most about.
4: No Whoopi. There is no whooping.
2: Must Please tell whooping me that when yogurt. we do this someone has to do the song Unchained Melodies for their song to listen to. <laughs> I guess It's
3: a bonus song.
2: <laughs> now it'll be fight over. Yeah, I just keep it. way. <laughs> There's your problem. Cool.
1: Um, who has recommendations for this week? I got one.
3: Okay. Uh, good omens yeah. on Amazon. Watch it. Oh, he yes! just start that. It's so delightful. Delightful. Yes. Yep.
2: This
1: was really good.
2: Yeah. Well, that was it. cool, Todd. Because okay. we went when you took him for my birthday to see Neil Gaiman. He talked a lot about being the showrunner on that. Yeah,
1: he did.
4: Oh, did he
2: really? Didn't he? Was it? No, he was. No, it was American Gods two. Mm-hmm. Never mind. I was thinking he talked about that, but he wasn't. I don't think he's the showrunner on
4: American. On Gods? Good Omens. American for God season two. He is. He is, yeah. Oh. Oh, sorry on. Sorry for good omens. He's the showrunner. Yep. It's six episodes. It's one director, and it's all done. And it was yeah. It's um. It's a one and done deal. And it, it was a Didn't whole they lot announce of fun. A second season.
2: I no, I think it. Neil Gaming said he did not want a second season. Oh. All I've seen from it, I saw one trailer, and then I saw the or listened to the Satanic Nuns chorus song. That's all I know about it so far. Well, I mean, I've read the book like a million times.
4: The show's thoroughly enjoyable. Everyone should go watch it. Cool. Uh, Mr.
1: Adam, do you have any recommendations?
2: Yeah, so uh, I got to go. And when this comes out, it'll be in theaters for weeks. Uh, I got to go see Dark Phoenix this week before everyone else. Um, And they were really crazy about the, the NDA as far as when we could actually talk about it. I can now. Uh, it is getting absolutely trashed on, like, Rotten Tomatoes and by a lot of film critics. But when I went and saw it, and most of the Utah film critics who saw it with me, with the exception of one or two, actually had a fun time with it, thought it was better than an Apocalypse. Uh, is it the best X-Men film, or even, like, a great film? It's not at all. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to like about it. The final battle is extremely anticlimactic, uh, but then the epilogue that follows is really good, and as someone who's, like, the world's biggest Dark Phoenix fan, did I get everything I wanted? No. But I don't think I could have gotten that. But I got enough to where I actually enjoyed it. And it was a hell of a lot better than um, Last Stand. So for if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet because people were bitching about it, uh, go see it for yourself. Make up your own mind. Because a lot of the critics I know who didn't like this went in wanting to hate it. So mm-hmm. that. Their viewpoint. So and that means they're bad critics. So and that okay. is the hill all the time. If you go into a movie wanting to hate it, then you are a bad critic. I even walked into Fifty Shades of Grey wanting to like it. So Ms. Lena, do you have any
5: recommendations? I do. I saw Rocket Man this last weekend.
1: Oh, I
2: need to see that still.
5: It is so amazing. So um if anybody who saw Bohemian Rhapsody and was were hoping for more in-depth view of Freddie and everything, you get that and more with rocket man. It is so good. And if you love, I mean, obviously it's just full of Elton John music. Everyone in the theater was singing during the movie. and, um, including my lovely father who went with me to see it. And, um, but it was, um, absolutely amazing. And when I read up on the movie, after we saw it, um, Other than the like musical, like the all the um dances and everything that happened through it, um, those really weren't those didn't happen in the middle of his life. But the timeline is a little funky, but everything, all the pieces that kind of fit within it are totally true. And um, Elton was so involved in the production that, um, and he'd left nothing, um. Where it was behind closed doors, he he opened it up totally on everything that he did and everything he struggled with, with his family and coming out, and um, it was absolutely wonderful. So I highly, highly recommend it. Awesome, I'm looking forward to that movie as well.
1: Um, I'm going to recommend an axe throwing place called Bad Axe. Uh, they have a few around the country, um, and even if you don't go through there, go axe throwing. It's actually really fun um when where we went they ended up giving us a um uh a guide uh who or not got a coach who basically came in and said okay i'm gonna show you how to to throw these axes and they teach how to do it and then we played a game and of course uh we were I was throwing with uh, our friend christopher who is uh as competitive as the rest of us so we uh we got very competitive about it uh we're glad jason wasn't there because jason always beats us at games but um yeah but we had a good time and uh it was really fun and so i uh, i recommend uh going axe throwing because why not throw
2: axes at pieces of wood uh it's fun so uh, you want to hear something really funny about utah liquor laws sure so there's a there's yeah. a, a franchise a couple places up here that are those axe throwing places and mm-hmm. they wanted to get a liquor li- like a beer license to do that mm-hmm. and the Utah liquor department shot them down because they were an entertainment place it was that in a karaoke place couldn't get one because it's entertainment not like a bar uh-huh so he went and read all the rules and saw that oh if you're a pool hall you can have a beer license so he went and got a, a pool tables for all of his businesses mm-hmm. and then went back and said okay I'm a pool hall now I want my license. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, how many pool pool tables do you have? And finally, the guy's like, look, he, he meets the requirements. There's no rule that says he has to have a certain number or change his name. So now mm-hmm. they can have their beer license because each place has one pool table. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. That's bizarre. But okay.
2: Well, welcome to Utah. <laughs>
1: I know. I know. Anyway. So related to that, my recommendation
4: is there's uh, on Reddit, there's a subreddit called Malicious Compliance. And it is hilarious and cruel and mean and funny and you guys should go
1: read that because it's good malicious time. compliance. Yeah,
4: so it's a whole story of it's just different people going and they told me I have to do exactly this, and it's like fine, so I'll do it exactly your way, even though you're wrong. And then they tell this whole story of how the people were idiots, but he did it as he was told. It's good times. Yeah. Okay. There's nice. a lot of Schadenfreude going on.
1: Um, Well then, excellent. Well then, uh, thanks everybody for listening and uh, join us next week for Taproot um, and we will see you all later. Bye! Bye! Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us. Please rate us on whatever service you listen on. And remember, at least we're not Cinema Queens.